FYI, this podcast contains spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 174 of the podcast that goes snicked. We're your hosts, Jason and Denise Venable. What's up? And we're here to talk about the first half of April 2016 and all the Wolverine stories that it contains. Are there a lot? No. <laughs> <laughs> we have uh, Old Man Logan and then uh, a couple of Sabertooth appearances. Sorry, sleep deprivation doesn't <laughs> do much for my personality. Yeah. Yep, but uh, we're kind of recovering, and we're gonna we're gonna take a stab at doing a real episode this time. So uh, we'll see how it goes. I actually did my homework. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, here we are. Let's do it. Zombie parents ready to podcast. Oh gosh, let's hope we don't eat our young. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> I won't either. You have my solemn vow. <laughs> Good. Always safe. Okay. Unless he spits up barbecue sauce, then all bets are off. That's disgusting on so many levels, <laughs> considering I've seen what he barfs up. It's not barbecue sauce. No, it's not. <laughs> no, he went all exorcist on me the other day. And me this morning. Yeah, yeah. So he was, I was feeding him, and uh, this is exciting baby stories brought to you by Old Man Logan. Um <laughs> Bear was, with us. I was feeding him in the recliner, and um, his head was in my resting in my hand, kind of resting on one arm of the chair. <laughs> and he spit up, and it shot all the way across his body. Some of it caught me in the chest, like brushed my nipple, <laughs> and then landed on the other arm of the chair. So it went all the way across the chair. I checked to see if his head was going to spin around. <laughs> it did not. But anyway, all that was missing was the green color. Yeah, for me it was this morning and (laughs) I was burping him and he has a hard time burping. So I was sitting there patting him on the back and I stopped and I said, Ollie, you going to burp for me? And next thing you know, he opens his mouth like to cry and projectile spit up shot across (laughs) the chair, completely missing me. Lucky. Nothing got on me, but it hit the side of the chair and just, it, it made a splat noise. (laughs) Like (laughs) Spider-Man. Spider-Man goes thwip. Oh, sorry. I don't know who splats. But this is not the podcast that goes flat. Misses. (laughs) (laughs) He swings into a brick wall. Yes. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, that's that'll do it for this episode of uh, exciting parenting stories. Yes. Uh, Adventures of new parents. No, it's not totally new. We have a ten-year-old to look back on, but new is is new to you. We are your. um, For those who don't have kids, just view us as your own birth control. Anyway, comics, comics, Wolverine, Wolverine. Yes. Old Man Logan. You ready? Let's do it. All right. Here we go. All right. So first up, our main squeeze for this part of the month, Old Man Logan number four. We're going to wrap up our first story arc. Ooh. Yeah. And this is uh, Berserker part four. I guess I should. That R is not silent. I, I always silence that R. Berserker. 
part four. And that sounds dumb. So, yeah. No matter how you slice it, I lose. <laughs> but this loser. is written by Jeff Lemire. What? Loser. Loser. Speaking of losers, no, just kidding. <laughs> written by Jeff Lemire, who I like. <laughs> Art by Andrea Sorrentino. Colors by Marcello Maiolo. Letters by VCs Corey Pettit. Woohoo. And the cover is by Sorrentino and Maiolo. And um, what's on the cover? Well, we have Captain America's shield mm-hmm. with a skull in it, or a reflection of a skull. Yeah. And then Old Man Logan playing magician. Actually, he's kind of playing exorcist. We have an exorcist theme this episode. I guess so. When the girl floats above the bed, that's yes. the pose he's making. Yes. Yeah. Although I do expect a magician to come in with a hoop and go... <laughs> and and you know swing it through his body to show that there are no <laughs> no wires no wires no wires yeah so it's worth pointing out that in the original old man logan story um when the villains won that red skull took cap shield and his costume and okay. kind of was an evil captain america Ooh. yeah so that's kind of is evocative of that also what i thought was kind of interesting Listen, I know it doesn't really matter because it's just the way you hold the shield, but just for the cover and the symbolism of kind of the evil red skull, the star on the shield is upside down for our perspective. It kind of reminded me of like an upside down Hmm. cross or like when people wear American flags upside down, stuff like that. Interesting. So kind of like, oh, it's cap shield, but it's evil. (laughs) Evil. Evil. So I really like this cover. I like the colors a lot. Um, everything's kind of in red, yellow, and orange. And then Wolverine is, I'm sorry, Old Man Old Logan, Logan. <laughs> is in a nice, cool, like, blue and purpley hue. I like the colors eh, on the cover. Okay. I think it's pretty good. Um, but we've kind of, we're kind of in different Disagreed. places on Sorrentino's art, so... I think we've I will point been out opposite on this entire <laughs> series. Yes, yeah, kind of, kind of going that way. And it's not pregnancy hormones. Nope, those are, those are mostly gone. I hope so. <laughs> but speaking of this exact creative team, I was inspired by this book, by this series, to go check out um, their Green Arrow run. The exact same team, Lemire, Sorrentino, and Maiolo had. I don't know, it's three trades, so I don't know how many issues that is, but so, went on, on Green Arrow, which I've been reading it about halfway through the second trade, and it's, it's shockingly good. Is the art the exact same? It's similar. Uh. It doesn't do as many of the things you don't like, but it definitely has a lot of similarities. I don't know if I'll like it. Yeah, well, I mean, you probably won't read it. <laughs> anyway, so... <laughs> Thanks. I mean, you're welcome to. I just don't. Well, now, there is... You might like it because it has some similar themes to the TV show. In fact, it introduces some characters from the show that had not been in the comics. Interesting. Previously, like, uh, I don't think... I can be wrong because I'm not a big Green Arrow fan. But I think it's a comic introduction of Shadow. Oh. I know it's a comic introduction of Diggle. Oh. And... I think there's a few other characters that are, that kind of are in the show that were not in the comics before. So you might want to check it out. I mean, it's definitely, it's pretty good. It, I, there is a comic that I was going to ask you to possibly put on your list. That I'm not buying already? Yeah. Uh-oh. Okay, what? <laughs> I, 
so we've been watching it for a while and now I'm curious. I I don't know if you'll like the comic, but I can oh. see if I can find some. There is a new series. Okay. I'm just curious. It's the Lucifer show, right? Yes. Yeah. So um the original series was Vertigo, which is DC's mature line. Okay. And it was also in the eighties, I think. And mature uh, comics in the eighties are boobs not and great. But uh, well that and just kind of gross to be gross sometimes. Oh. And not not a huge fan. But there was probably a lot of listeners who are very angry right now because the original Vertigo line is very highly revered by most other people. Okay. Not not including me. So so there's probably we might even lose lose a listener or two over my statements. But um no, surely don't. Just just agree to disagree. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so cuz he actually tied in and I'm going to admit some ignorance having not read a lot of this, just a few parts of issues here and there. I'm pretty sure he originally tied into the Sandman series oh. by Neil Gaiman. And Neil Gaiman is a master. And I don't remember if he wrote any... Actually, I don't know if Lucifer had his own book back then or if he was just a character in the other books. I would have to look at that. Okay. I know he has a new series now because, I mean, DC is not going to have a show on the on the air and not have a comic to support it. Right. So, I think it's on issue like two or three. I could be huh. way off, but... um. I've never seen it on the shelf. I could ask Jake next time I go to Awesome Comics, my Dallas local comic shop, which is lives up to its name. It's pretty awesome. And I'll see uh, if they have any and flip through it and see if it looks interesting. I don't imagine it would be much like the show. I'm just curious. I don't think it, it I don't think it would be like a walking dead where I'd be anxious for you to come home, you know, every Wednesday with a right. a new walking dead, but being that we've been watching the show and I do find the show incredibly enjoyable. It I is. wondered if there was a part of the comic that I would also enjoy. Well, and, and I'll say this and, and, and we'll get back to old man and Logan in just a second. But, <laughs> Sidebar. But I'll say this kind of looking at reactions online. Uh huh. People who really enjoy the comic seem to not like the TV show. Oh, so I, that's why I feel like there may be kind of a discrepancy I and love a disconnect. the show. I, I do too. I think it's pretty good, but I'm coming at it fresh. That's so I, true. I don't have kind of the back history of what I expect from the property because I have no expectation. Gotcha. So, so I think there's sometimes that can hinder people. Like, yeah. You know, if you really, especially if you really like a character and then another medium completely changes it, it can yeah. be hard to swallow. But I don't know. Um, I'll definitely look for it and see if it looks any good or not. And I'm hoping they keep his cheekiness. I think if they keep oh yeah, the he's a cheeky bastard, then that's that's perfect for me. Yeah, and if they if they keep that in the comic, then I think I might actually really enjoy it. Now, if they kind of if they change him and he's not cheeky anymore, then I don't know if I'll like because that's what I enjoy about the show. Yeah, I enjoy how he how. A, how cheeky he is, but just how damn vocal he is that he's the devil. Like, right. he has no qualms telling people, and I love their reaction, like, oh, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> you have dad issues, God. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been a fun show. I, I kind of wish that it was a Netflix series and could kind of go with a shorter season format. The only... 
the only negative thing I have to say about the show, and I, I've said this to you before, Denise, is that I feel like some of the episodes, while still entertaining with the characters, the plot feels filler. Yeah. And like, like it's just, oh, it's a, almost like it's a, it's a CSI devil show. <laughs> like here's just a procedural that happens to have the devil instead of like regular detectives. But I, I, because I was worried because the second issue or second episode kind of dove right into that. Right. I, I think I turned to you after we watched it and said, I hope this is not what they do. And to be fair, it's not what they do, except for I feel like every now and then they need an extra episode. Right. So like, because they're not ready, you know, they got to fill out the season. And so they'll kind of revert back to that formula, which I don't really enjoy. But the characters are strong enough that it, it kind of it gets a pass. Well, and I kind of like the twist and turns, you know, I don't want to spoil it if someone's out there watching it and they're not caught up on it. But, you know, this last episode and we have what, two more left, one more left. Um, I don't remember what it said. I think two more. Two more. Yeah. But the end threw me for a loop. I did not see that coming. Yeah, that's true. And just uh, FYI, by the time this episode actually comes out, we'll probably only be one more. Or over. <laughs> yeah. No, I won't take that long. Oh, okay. But um. But anyway. Uh, but it's just the... It, now, I will admit, The Walking Dead, in every comic, in every episode, we end the episode and go, oh, damn. <laughs> and we can't wait for the next one. And while I don't have that with Lucifer, I do have the, whoa, I didn't see that coming. But it's not every episode. Right. But they do throw that out there. And I think that's what I enjoy about it. Because unfortunately, so many shows use a formula. And I can see it coming. And yeah. it's like, oh, this is going to happen. Gotham is that way. I can see things coming. Oh, yeah, definitely. And it makes it unenjoyable. Go- Gotham is a show that I hate to like. <laughs> like, I know it's not good TV. I know it's not a good show. But I still kind of enjoy it as a guilty pleasure. See, I enjoy the villains. I think all the actors that they have that play the villains on Gotham are awesome. Some, yes. Who? The Penguin's great. And Penguin the guy is that, great. The, 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 did the maybe Joker was pretty good. Um, Nigma, the guy. Nigma's good, but like Mister Freeze was meh. Yeah, man. he's meh. Doctor Strange is eh. Yeah, he'd be better if his delivery was better. But but we really digress. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's it's probably just as entertaining as, as talking about the comic for everybody. It's, you know, a little peek at some other things that we yeah. read and watch. And if anybody wants to talk to me about Lucifer or Gotham. Yeah, tweet at her. Yeah, because yeah. I... What's your Twitter? At D-A-S <laughs> <laughs> underscore Venable. Is it D-A-S underscore Venable? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> and so Venable is uh, make those checks payable to V-E-N-A-B-L-E. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, uh, Berserker Part 4. Sorry. Back no, to comics. It's good. It's good stuff. Back good to stuff. Wolverine. So remember when last we met Old Man Logan, he was meeting Old Man Rogers. And uh, we get something that I didn't know was going on, but um, apparently... Uh, Old Man Rogers has like a hollow shield. I, I if you've ever seen like future stories in Marvel comics, like a lot of future Captain Americas, different versions will have like 
a watch and like this electric shield like comes out, right? Okay. But I didn't know that current Old Man Rogers had that. I know that Sam, Captain the the current Captain America, has the official Cap shield. But I didn't know Rogers had this like hollow shield substitute. But anyway, he does. And I like the way they, that Maiolo does the colors to kind of show like the way it vibrates and stuff. It's really nice. Anyway, old man Logan gets really confused by old man Rogers. He's like, this ain't right. <laughs> and he, he's, he's obviously kind of put off. Like, he has no idea what's going on. Like, Captain America can't be old. He didn't even live long enough to get old. Like, right. he died, you know, as a regular Captain America. I watched him die. And then old man Cap is like, all right, well. And then Lady Hawkeye is like, oh, he, he's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's nutso. Uh, Cap tells her to stand down. I'm sorry. Rogers tells her to stand down. And then kind of jaw back and forth. Like, <laughs> old man Logan's like, you can't be Captain America. You're too old. And uh, Steve is like, you can't be Wolverine. You're too old. <laughs> and, you know, we get some of that. I really like the colors in the night sky and the city and the buildings and stuff. Yeah. Some really nice panel work. I like it on your floppy. I don't like it on the iPad. Oh, that's too bad. So we get a great snicked. And Wolverine pops his claws and says, you ain't taking me nowhere. And then uh, Lady Hawkeye shoots him with an arrow. And Cap hits him with what is now a very solid shield. And Old Man Logan passes out. And he has a dream about his daughter being dead. Very gruesome. Yeah, yeah, she, she looks like she could be out of The Walking Dead. Yeah, she's got chunks missing out of her. Oh, yeah. Then he wakes up screaming. He's chained to a tree. Yeah, he is chained to a tree. And and they, they boogied, man. Or his healing factor really has slowed down because he was knocked out for a long time. Yeah, they went, they from, went the from Brooklyn city. to, uh, what does it say? Alberta. Alberta, which is, give or take, where Wolverine is from. Yep. So they go back to his home, and uh, Steve has something he wants to show Logan. And there's a cabin, which may or may not be Logan's actual cabin. I wasn't sure if they, like, converted it for their purposes or they just built a new cabin with the underground part, which there is an underground part. Spoiler. Um, Well, it says later on in the book. Does it? Yeah, it says Falcon. Uh, it says one of your X-Men Forge, oh, Forge, designed this. They wanted to let you rest in a peaceful place. Well, right, right. But did they design... Oh, like inside of his like shack. Like the underground part inside of his original cabin, or is it a brand new cabin? Oh, Which, good call. Yeah, I, I don't know. Anyway, I thought it was interesting because Steve is like, all right, well, I want to show you this, and I kind of need to let you go so you can see it, but I need, I need you to promise you'll behave. <laughs> and uh, Logan's like, fine. And Hawkeye has her doubts, but Steve says, nope, the Logan I knew was, you may be a roughhouser, but he always was honorable and kept his word. And he does, um, for a minute. <laughs> like a second. Yeah. But then he thinks this is all a trick from Mysterio, which was, remember Mysterio tricked him into killing the X-Men. Right. His future, his future past. So he thinks it's all illusions. They're still in New York. We get another snick. He's not going to fall for it again. And he attacks the old captain. And a really nice double page spread where we have like the star from the shield and 
Old Man Logan attacks Steve inside the star, and then the other panels kind of go break out, radiate around the star. And we get some nice fighting with a very kind of backlit background that almost, the color work almost makes you think, well, maybe maybe he's right. Maybe this is a, an illusion. Yeah, I would have enjoyed this panel more had they not had the little red, like had just the star been the red inset. Okay. And that was it. But they had, they added two little red insets. And I'm like, why? Overkill. <laughs> Less is more. <laughs> But um, anyway, they shoot him full of arrows. They beat him with a shield. Steve is disappointed that, that Logan didn't keep his word. Uh, Logan says, where I come from, honor is dead, just like everything else. Mm. He cuts uh, Lady Hawkeye's bow again with his claws, and she gets pissed. Yeah, she's like, like second bow, damn it. Yeah, he's like, oops, I did it again. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> And then we turn our page, and we get another double-page spread. This time, instead of the sh- the star from the shield, we have a maple leaf to represent Canadian Logan. And we have three more insets that mm-hmm. shouldn't be there. We have more panels that are very backlit that radiate from the maple leaf. And basically just they're kicking each other's butts. I don't know really what this inset panel is. It draws attention to someone doing something. But is is Hawkeye or Cap like placing like a like a joke buzzer on his chest? Like I can't tell what's going on. Yeah, but he then does he get electrocuted. Shot. Yeah, it, he does definitely get electrocuted, but you can't tell like what that what? is or is supposed you to. You want to know why you can't tell what it is? Because it's a red inset panel. <laughs> Maybe. But anyway, he takes some more shield to the face, and gets bloodied up. He's like, I have to stop the future, the future past. And she's like, what? And then he explains, kind of again, though he kind of already had, but they listen this time. He explains that the future he came from is a hellhole, and he's trying to stop it from happening. And then Steve kind of gets it, and when he wanted to show Logan the whole time, he's like, all right, well, let's quit fighting and see it, which I don't really know why everybody suddenly calms down, but they do. I guess they got tired of beating each other. <laughs> and he walks in. Uh, you know, I guess it's not the same cabin because he doesn't recognize it. Oh, okay. And, and then he says, something don't smell right. And old man Rogers tells old man Logan, I wanted to break, it this, to you, break this to you the easy way, but as usual, you're just too damn stubborn. So here it is. So with the grumpy old men go underground... I like the little gears on the outside. Yeah, that was Kind of cool. show that the, this big, the whole cabin's like an elevator. And we do see that Forge um, designed it. And we get a really nice page. It's not quite a, a splash page. We do have one kind of small inset. But we have kind of a memoriam to Wolverine. And it says adamantium encased corpse on top of like, what do you call those things? A pedestal. A crypt. A tomb. Well, the tomb's not the whole thing, but it's like, yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Crypt. Yeah. Sure. Like a mummy type sarcophagus. And it's got a little X-Men logo on it. But um, Steve's like, that's you, Logan. Your body was encased in adamantium. You died. This is not your past. Okay. Not to sidebar, but I'm going to sidebar. 
Everyone says Wolverine's dead, but he has a healing factor, but he's cased in adamantium. So if they ever cracked open the adamantium, would he still be alive? One would think probably so, yeah. But they can't because it's unbreakable. Mm, okay. That's part of the reason they want to keep it safe, I'm sure, in the case they find something. some future tech comes along that can get people out of adamantium. And, <laughs> I mean, he's come back from a nuclear explosion, so I'm sure he can come back from this. I'm sure if they watch enough infomercials, they'll be like, a sham, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Polish the animanium right off the surface. Yes. <laughs> We're three easy installments of $9.99. That's right. Bring and Wolverine back to life. if you call in the next 10 minutes, we'll double your order. Just pay for shipping and handling. Well, that begs a question because when Wolverine was laced with animanium, it was melted. So you know you can smelt it, even if you can't break it. Right. So you would think... They would at least try to melt this off of him. Mm-hmm. But then we kind of have Laura as Wolverine. Mm. And old man Logan running around. I, 10 bucks when they're ready to bring Wolverine back. Oh, they'll find that's a way. How they do if, it. if they decide to do it, they will find a way. Yeah, but what I'm trying to say is they left themselves a loophole. Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, he has an indefinite healing factor. So, I mean, he, you're never really dead. Or was that it? He had lost his healing factor. Yes, sure. Because the microverse the turned microverse. it off. Yes, that's true. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that little handy bit of information. So, yeah, never mind. Never mind all that. Oh, I hate the microverse. <laughs> anyway, we get a, a series of touching panels where Old Man Logan kind of reaches out to his own corpse and kind of hesitates, doesn't really want to touch it. He's like, this, this is really me, isn't it? And Steve's like, yep, it's you, Wolverine died, so how did you get here? And it's interesting, because he talks about how he was in his future past, um, in the Wastelands, and then there was a flash of white. So how much does he remember of Secret Wars? Does he only remember, like, his actual past, or does he remember, like, going across battle world from land to land does he remember bonding with the heroes to help defeat doom no he's old (laughs) (laughs) doesn't remember crap anyway i'm just i'm just curious like what the white how much the white flash kept and how much it erased Mm -mm. and we'll probably never know but um i was interested anyway and um steve asked if he had a family He's like, I did, but Banner killed him. <laughs> Steve's like, Banner? What kind of nightmare did you come from, Logan? He says, the worst kind. And he, he starts to walk off. And Steve's like, you don't have to do this alone. He's like, no, Wolverine's dead. Let me stay that way. Classic Wolverine. Yeah. Then we get another double-page spread, which I really liked the map that uh, Sorrentino and Maiolo drew here. Yeah. It's, it's nice colors. Really nice color screen. Kind of faded yellows and greens. It looks cool. It's of the U.S. and Canada. And basically, I guess, shows that the old man Logan is just wandering around. And it even says that he, you know, he was on the hunt and now the hunt's over. He realizes that this, this timeline has nothing to do with him. There's no real future to prevent. But he does want to make sure the future is okay. So he just kind of drifts around for a while, trying to find him, find his way, find himself. It was interesting. And we kind of go back to the end of Extraordinary X-Men number one and Extraordinary X-Men number two, 
where the Sentinel and the uh, EXM, EXM team finds Old Man Logan. He says, seeing is the old X-Men, which I don't think he would recognize either of them, but, but I mean, he knows Storm and Iceman. It gives him a purpose. He said, it made him realize everything I still had. Spend long enough trying to outrun the past and change the future. You start to forget that you're still alive right now. The past is gone, and tomorrow may very well bring all the hell I fear the most. But today, today it feels damn good to be alive. And that's the issue. Uh-huh. So it kind of catches us up. So basically that four-issue span was eight months. Okay. <laughs> because remember, all our other books started eight months after Secret Wars. And this one started right after. Okay. Um, so we kind of bridge the gap. And it takes us from Old Man Logan's original mission uh, to where he joins the Extraordinary X-Men team in that book, which kind of made me sad because it kind of made me remember how good that first issue was and how quickly that series went downhill. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I thought it was pretty good. I felt like, well, what do you think of the art? <laughs> and again, we're totally opposite. I love Sorrentino. I thought it looked beautiful. I have not been able to get into this art whatsoever. Yeah. Fair enough. Really enjoyed the colors as well. Um, I think Sorrentino and Maiolo are a match made in heaven. Uh, what do you think of the writing? What do you think of the story? I thought this one was quick. It was a very quick read. It was quick? I don't know. It it was middle of the road for me. Okay. I enjoyed it. I feel like seeing his own corpse. That was a touching moment. Yeah, and that was kind of a good way to kind of have him give up on his, his kill mission. Right. Um. And I think everything that happened made sense. The pacing of the issue felt a little rushed to me. It did. Like, I don't feel like what he saw, like he he turned around too quick to give up. But I felt like reading it, it felt wrapped up too neat and too quick. Yeah, I I think had this really been Logan, he would have struggled a little bit. Right. And questioned some more. And But yeah, it was kind of like, oh, I died. All right. It's over. <laughs> well, I, th- I think him drifting makes sense. It fits the character. Uh, the grumpy old man kind of buttonhead was entertaining to me. Liked most of the dialogue. I, I actually quite enjoyed the, the plot and kind of the, the arc of, of Logan. It just felt a little compressed. Like we were, we were going to have this big, like, kind of old man revenge story. And it just kind of like, oh, well, you know. Let's, uh, let's shuffle him over to the X-Men book and, you know, show how that connects and, you know, just wrap everything up nice and tidy. And put a giant pink bow on top. Yep. Uh, I am a little interested in where this book's going to go because I don't feel like it's going to really focus on what he's doing with the X-Men team. But I don't really know if it's going to be like, you know, the, the old Wolverine series, like when it first came out. If it's like, well, I'm an X-Men, but I'm also off doing this, like his solo adventures, or is it going to be a lot of, like, stories from the future the future past, like, from the Wastelands? And I don't know if that excites me or not. <laughs> okay. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll see where it goes. But for this issue, I really enjoyed it. Thought thought it looked great. Thought it was, it was, it did read kind of fast, but I thought it was pretty uh, touching and, and a pretty good story. So, what are you going to grade Old Man Logan number four? Well, I was kind of excited it read fast. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, 
I haven't been a fan of this book, but I will give it three out of six. It was more middle of the road to me this time. Okay. But it's not because of the art. It was because it read so fast. <laughs> All righty then. Well, I'm going to kind of keep with where I've been on this series. Um, really enjoying it. I still don't know how Lemire can write the character so well in this book and so poorly in Extraordinary X-Men, but maybe he can turn it around. I, I hope that his X-Men book gets better and not this book gets worse. <laughs> but we'll see what happens. But I'm going to give Old Man Logan number four, talking about this issue, I'm going to give it a five out of six claws. Oh, my. Yep. We're still pretty different on this book. We are. But to each their own. And uh, you guys can feel free to write in, tweet at us or whatever, and be let Team it, let Jason. Let us know that you agree. Team Jason. You're on Team Denise. Team Denise or Team Jason. How you feel about old man Logan. And you can tell me I'm wrong and pull up you know what, because <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> full of dirty diapers. Yes. That's all I ever do. <laughs> all day long. <laughs> yes. But anyway, that was uh, Old Man Logan. And um, now we'll talk about some other comics and we'll, uh, we'll wrap it on up. Okay, next up, it's time for a segment that we don't get to do very often. It's uh, Where's Logan? <laughs> and uh, we have a very tiny young man Logan flashback. In Uncanny Avengers number eight, which is an Avengers standoff tie-in, Student Debt is written by Gary Dugan, pencils by Ryan Stegman, inks by Mark Morales, Dave Micus, and Ryan Stegman, Richard Eisenhoff did the colors, letters by VCs Clayton Cowles, and the cover is by Stegman and Eisenhoff. And on the cover, we have a black background with a yellow X, and we have Rogue, and then... With his back to us, a uh, purpley version of Professor X in his wheelchair, facing Rogue. Um, it's a fine cover. Pretty good, I guess. So, if you haven't been reading Avengers Standoff, um, basically, it's this idea of uh, kind of springing from the, the Captain America book that Maria Hill used fragments of the Cosmic Cube to create a prison that was this like basically Pleasantville, where all the criminals were kind of brainwashed or, or really reality warped by the, the cosmic cube into being like model citizens in this model kind of old timey town called Pleasant Hill. And of course, when you're playing God, shit's gonna go wrong, and it does. But all the Avengers who tried to kind of intervene have also been taken captive. One of the cosmic cube fragments turned them turned itself into like a little girl. An innocent, like in the depiction of innocence. And she doesn't really want this to end. So when the Avengers try to kind of intervene and help, she basically subdues them. And uh, they're part of the town too. And it's been a pretty good series so far. Been pretty fun. Nice, kind of lighthearted, but also just a good classic superhero comic book story. And um, basically, you know, people have been kind of triggering kind of breaking the influence of the cube, kind of waking up. And we've had, you know, a couple issues of that. And so this is basically the issue of the Uncanny Avengers kind of waking up and getting back together. And it turns out the linchpin for this team kind of snapping out of it is Rogue. And because she was an X-Man, 
she had a lot of kind of training from Professor X for like telepathic psychic warfare. Um, and so she's kind of a, a psychic soldier, so to speak. And um, turns out that, you know, her kind of um, way to use that power, that training, was that if she was ever placed under my control or tele- tele- telepathic attack, that she picked Professor X as kind of the avatar that would nudge her back into reality. And so she keeps getting a call from prof- the professor and she's like ignoring it in the reality. And then she eventually kind of remembers what happened and she snaps out of it. Now, our little flashback is when she's getting this training, she's kind of walking around. She's actually pushing the professor around the mansion in his chair. And um, Nightcrawler is sitting on a banister as he would be. And, um, and Wolverine comes in and has a beer. <laughs> so he and the elf grab a beer and that's pretty much it. That, that, yeah, that's pretty much it. And, of course, Rogue is able to wake up the rest of her team. Um, this is probably the least interesting chapter of this series so far, but it's not bad. Uh, the art by Stegman is, is pretty great, as usual. You know, uh, I like Stegman a lot, so it's fun to see his art. Yeah. So I will say this story has kind of given this series life again. I don't really care for the first arc of Uncanny Avengers, but I've been enjoying this story. But this issue, a little bit, it feels like it's kind of treading water. So I'm going to give Uncanny Avengers number eight, three out of six claws. And that, that's all we got. That was our Where's Logan. Okay, so last but not least, it's time for a little Wolverine Roundup. Uh, Denise is, is with Ollie, so we we will have an in absentia yeehaw. Um, <laughs> but um, Sabretooth shows up in a couple of issues. We have Uncanny X-Men number 6 and Deadpool number 9. Uncanny X-Men number 6 is an Apocalypse War tie-in. And we have Chapter 1, which is Awakening, written by Colin Bunn, with art by Ken Lashley. Colors by Nolan Woodard and letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. Going public, the backup story, or really, yeah, I guess it's a backup story. It's not quite half. Colin Bunn, the writer, Paco Medina, the penciler, Juan Velasco, the inker, and Jesus Abertov is the color artist. Um, and then Greg Land and Nolan Woodard did the cover. We have another homage to X Factor number six. This one even a little less interesting than the one that uh, graced the cover of Extraordinary X-Men. Um, it's, I don't know, it's, it's okay, I guess. And we have the Apocalypse floating head, um, screaming, and then Magneto, Psylocke, Monet, Sabretooth, and Mystique, for some reason, uh, floating around the head. So basically, we get a, a session between Psylocke and Archangel, and she kind of has a breakthrough, and he shows her the future. What's meant to happen is basically this army of archangels attacking this town in, um, where is it? Ridge Green, some Virginia, or somewhere, I don't know. Um, it tells us, where is it? Colorado. Green Ridge, Colorado. And of course, while he's showing her this, he breaks into his Jesus angel persona, and he's telling her this, and so she takes this information to Magneto, and we get a nice kind of recap of all of Angel's history. And a little double-page spread with lots of images and lots of words. <laughs> and, you know, just kind of talks us through Angel's history. Uh, then we go to New York City where Monet and Sabretooth are tracking down a lead. Sabretooth is still kind of flirting with Monet. 
She calls him Victor, and he says, Eh, you called me Victor instead of Creed or Sabretooth or one of those more insulting names you use. And he's kind of needling Monet that her, her informant stood her up, but then he catches a scent, a familiar scent, and then go in the sewers. And we actually get a nice little kind of insight. You know, Sabretooth feeling guilty about his past, talks about the last time he was in the sewers, you know, the mutant massacre, and how he slaughtered everyone, and, you know, he kind of ashamed of it. And he gets attacked by Callisto, and Callisto was Monet's informant. And when she sees Sabretooth, she loses it. She didn't realize that Monet had thrown in with Sabretooth, that he was part of the X-Men now. Though he's been in the past, I guess she forgot about that. Anyway, she's mad, and they fight. Sabretooth kind of holds back, because he doesn't want to hurt her. Um, but then she stabs him in the neck, a little berserker comes out, but Monet gets between them and stops it. It's actually a pretty nice little fight. And it's, it's good to actually get to see Sabretooth do a little bit in this, this series. Every now and then he has something to do. And then he kind of is a background character for a few issues. <laughs> but um, anyway, they kind of part ways, I guess. That I don't really know. Oh, yeah. So we find out what the lead is. The Morlocks are dying again. And so... Callisto wants help, but she doesn't know if she really wants Sabretooth's help. So, anyway. Then Psylocke and Magneto go to Colorado and figure out what's going on from Angel's kind of vision that he showed Psylocke. And uh, we find out that they may have Archangel, but Jesus Angel is acting like Jesus and having, well, not a real Jesus, but a fake Jesus. Kind of having some kind of Pentecostal tent revival or whatever. And we, we see his back. We, we don't know if uh, Psylocke and Magneto do or not. But uh, his his wings have been cut off. Kind of looks like uh, if you've been watching the Lucifer TV show. Kind of like that. Only instead of scars, he's bleeding through his shirt. But there's two little holes where his wings should be. And so it seems to kind of indicate that there are two angels. Which is, uh, could be interesting maybe. Um, so our backup story is basically, uh, remember from Extraordinary X-Men issue something. Where Storm gave her speech. And uh, people are talking about it on the news. The Fact Channel. And they're talking about how Magneto sank Genosha and how mutants are now a menace and a threat. And maybe they're protecting, maybe they're not. But what happens with their power? And uh, we see a lot of different people reacting to that. Sebastian Shaw is worried that his plans will be ruined. Cops are just kind of like sitting around like, oh, this, this could be dangerous. The Uncanny Avengers Unity Squad decide they have to do something about it. Uh, Rogue's like, oh, Eric. Even Mojo, you know, says it's entertaining. Then Magneto goes to meet Zorn, and they, they talk about some stuff. Zorn's going to try to help Magneto. There's a lot of kind of allegorical talk. It's not bad. But yeah, so the art in both chapters, pretty good. I gotta say, Lashley still has kind of some 90s affectations, but I think it fits the story that Bun's telling a little bit better than Greg Land does, in my opinion. At least I enjoyed it a little more. Like, the Sabretooth fight with Callisto was pretty sweet. Just a little, he's a little more kinetic than Greg Land. And that, that worked. It worked for me, anyway. Uh, colors are really nice. Again, Nolan Woodard continues to deliver. The backup story didn't have Sabretooth in it, so, you know, whatever. Um, if you're reading along, it, it's fine. I'm not really sure what it what it does besides maybe say, hey, there's going to be some conflict in the future. The Medino art between Magneto and Zorn, that kind of meeting, 
really nice. And the colors in that part really good again as well by Jesus Alberto, which I'm not familiar with him, but really good job. Yeah, so the art, kind of a little bit of a pickup for me. And the story is still kind of moving along fine. I'm not entirely sure if I'm on board with kind of the two angels, but I will see what Bun does with it, and then I'll decide. As far as this issue goes, you know, it kind of stays in line with where the series has been. Just a nice, solid issue. Art was a little better. The story not quite as good. So it's going to average back out still to Uncanny X-Men number six, getting four out of six claws. I don't really know how this is an Apocalypse War tie-in, except for the... It appears the Dark Angel persona is coming back to the surface a little bit. And so that could tie into Apocalypse. And Magneto even says that Archangel and Apocalypse are linked. So this may be a thing. You know, one of the things we're going to talk about on the next flashback episode is how the, the uncanny storyline for Fall of the Mutants is completely different than the rest of the Fall of the Mutants. So we may be getting something like that again, where we have kind of two Apocalypse Wars. I don't know. Maybe that's why it's plural instead of Apocalypse War, because it's two separate stories. I don't know. We'll see. But, um, yeah, Apocalypse was neither here nor there, uh, except for in the Angel flashback, in the, the biopic <laughs> of War and War in the Third. Uh, but, yeah, Uncanny X-Men number six, four out of six claws. That takes us to Deadpool number nine. Number nine? Number nine? This is, to me, my X-Man. Uh, another book by Gary Dugan. Art by Matteo Lolly, colors by Ruth Redmond, letters by VCs Joe Sabino, and the cover is by Mike and Laura Allred. Cover is kind of cool as Deadpool running through a Pac-Man maze. Um, I guess he's the Red Ghost. Um, but instead of Pac-Man, we have a giant saber-tooth head trying to chop down on him. It's an interesting cover. And so basically, remember this story that the Deadpool thinks that Sabretooth killed his parents, but really. He was just Deadpool's chaperone when Deadpool killed his own parents. But Deadpool can't remember that. Uh, the art in this is pretty good. Deadpool and Sabretooth fight. It's very brutal. Really violent. Really bloody. <laughs> Deadpool tries to scalp Sabretooth with a katana blade. Uh, they kind of gut each other. Then a school bus drives by and the kids are like, Ew, gross! But, you know, in a kind of, ooh, that's cool, gross kind of kid way. Um, Sabretooth and Deadpool fight some more. Sabretooth pushes Deadpool into a moving car in the oncoming traffic. He goes through the windshield, then Sabretooth kind of collapses. And we get a flashback of him as a kid, and his dad kind of kept him chained up in the basement and made him self-loathe. Um, kind of interesting. Not sure how it plays into what we saw from Sabretooth's past in uh, Origin 2, in which we really haven't seen any fallout from that at all. I don't know... That's being ignored. I thought it was fine, so I don't want it to be completely ignored. I'd actually kind of like to see Sabretooth's sister come back, for example, which apparently no one has any interest in doing that. But anyway, uh, whether this is replacing that or being before that or whatever, we see Sabretooth being mistreated, and we see a flashback of him agreeing to accompany Wade on the mission and how He's kind of uh, narrating this and t- saying how his twisted past, he just enjoyed the the idea of, of watching Deadpool kill his own parents, just how sadistic that was. Then we go back to the present. Magneto has come to gather Sabretooth, and Sabretooth's like, um, yeah, I'm going to have to pass on this mission. i got to go help a friend. got to go help Deadpool. Um, and Deadpool tracks Sabretooth down to a bar. Uh, Sabretooth does say he's talking to the, the, I guess, the cook at the bar. 
He says, next time I order a steak meat rare, I want it mooing. And then he says, I got a friend coming. And so he knows that Deadpool is coming. And basically what the issue kind of establishes is that Sabretooth has decided, you know, he spent enough of his life being scum of the earth that instead of letting Deadpool find out that he killed his own parents, he's going to let Deadpool continue to believe that Sabretooth killed him. And he's going to take the fall and let, basically let Deadpool, I guess, just take it out on him. I guess we'll see that next issue. Yeah, I, I've said a million times, I really like Deadpool in small doses. And I haven't really been reading the series until this story, but I'm enjoying this storyline. Art was pretty good. Story was fine. Definitely violent. Definitely kind of the same tone as the movie a little bit. I'm going to give uh, Deadpool number nine four out of six claws. And um, that is our Wolverine Roundup. Um, yeehaw. <laughs> okay, so that's going to do it for episode 174, April 2016, part one. Woohoo. That's it. <laughs> done. We're done. We can go to bed. <laughs> Yay, bed, sleep. Bed, sleep oh, for two hours sleep. at a time. No. <laughs> so anyway, hope you enjoyed the episode. As usual, like the Facebook page. Um, Twitter is at Snickcast. Email is snickcast at yahoo.com. Show notes and stuff are snickcast.podbean.com. Next up, hopefully, will be a flashback episode on Fall of the Mutants. After that, we'll do April Part 2. April Part 2. Deh. Deh. Um, all right. So, Janice, you want to give your Twitter one more time? I think. <laughs> it's at D-A-S underscore Venable. Yep. And uh, that's going to do it. So, until next time, hugs Ice and, and snakes. Bye. Bye. And snacked. snacked. I ain't got to bite my style. Snickety snack. <laughs> oh, goodness. When Oliver starts school, when he comes home, I'll go, do you want a snickety snack? <laughs> you can do that. I will. <laughs>